0: This is episode 138 of the Landscape Photography Show. And before we get into today's episode, I just want to say thank you to our sponsor, Nature Photographers Network. Right now, you can go to naturephotographers.network and sign up for a year membership for just $49 plus an extra 10% off of that when you use the code LPS10. If you think about just $49, it's just change compared to what you'd be able to get out of, say, a private session with a professional photographer. You'd be up to thousands of dollars out of your bank account if you were to schedule private sessions one-on-ones with all of your favorite photographers where can you get that for a budget amount for just $49 nature photographers network because they're there to help you improve as a photographer as contributors to the forum they give you feedback on your images they give you exclusive articles exclusive webinars and ask me anything sessions so there's so much to unpack on nature photographers network and just as a listener to the podcast again you get 10% off of that yearly membership. So right now, again, you can go to naturephotographers.network, sign up for a yearly membership for just $49 plus the extra 10% when you use the code LPS10. Now today we're getting to part of my discussion with Mark Denny. And if you remember from part one, Mark talked a lot about his early stages of his career as a photographer, how he decided to go at this in just a few years, his experience with YouTube. There's so many things that we got to in part one. So if you haven't listened to that yet, definitely go back and check that out before listening to this episode. But in this episode, we're continuing our discussion. Mark continues to help us understand How can you actually make that jump from novice to pro right now, this year, immediately? One of the most powerful things that that we could talk about right now, because a lot of people are interested in this, is how can somebody, say they have the drive and passion for photography, maybe they're a little bit afraid to to put themselves out there and be in front of the camera or do anything like that in, in today's world i mean it's not too different than four years ago when when you started this journey but in today's world how does somebody go from beginner novice camera straight out of the box to pro you just got to start you just got to do it you know that's that's i i wish there was uh,
1: a better answer but at the end of the day is just 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 do it you know you, you just got to get started that's the that's the hardest part um that's uh what is the saying the best time to start something is yesterday i think that's what the saying is anyway when i first heard that i it, i that really resonated with me that if you have the desire to do anything you just got to get going and it's just like i was mentioning earlier about when you you know when you start exercising the hardest part is just getting going and then once you see one tiny result when you take that first photograph and you're looking at it and you're like wow I I did something that I saw online and I wanted to put it into practice and here's the end result and it looks awesome and when you when you feel that momentum start to build you just got to run with it and I think that anybody who wants anything bad enough I think you'll make it work I really really do and I think that the like I said, the the hardest part is just to get going. I think that's the number one thing that that stops people is just not starting. You know, I get I I hear from people all the time that want to start a YouTube channel. And do I think it's too saturated? People have been talking about YouTube being too saturated for the past 10 years. And every year there's other channels that just started just a few months ago that that are doing absolutely fantastic. So I don't think it's ever too late to start anything, but uh, you just kind of got to get going and just, you know, get yourself to that point to where you can see that one piece of improvement. I think that. Look, when I started, my goal was never to become pro. And maybe there are people out there that have no that, that have like don't even own a camera yet maybe they do want to they already know they want to go from beginner to pro but that wasn't me I just kind of started slowly and it just kind of you know I started to see a little bit of improvement I started to really feel the enjoy the enjoyment of it and then it got to a point where I was like oh maybe I I could make a career out of this but I think just uh just getting going that's the hardest part if you can do that you'll be good
0: I would I mean you said I wish I had a better answer for this but that was the best answer that you literally could have given. It it goes into like procrastination, yeah. uh, and and like you said earlier, finding the right time or, or finding the time to be able to do this. And it, you really got to ask yourself, w- when am I actually going to start this? Am I going to start in a couple hours? Tomorrow? Maybe I'll start next week. Maybe I'll start next next month maybe I'll tackle it then you're always going to find an excuse to not start I mean even in the smallest thing you're always going to be like well you know what I can't go live today I haven't showered my hair's a mess look I'm a I'm a mess right now I haven't showered (laughs) in a couple days I'm not ashamed of that I throw on a hat throw on a shirt and I'm good to go but I think you're always going to find those excuses to starting and, and it doesn't it doesn't go away, especially for, for me, I'd love, I love to hear your feedback on that. Does that even go away for you? The, the kind of procrastination of things. Yeah.
1: Oh no. Yeah. I still, I'm actually a very bad procrastinator. I, uh, I, I have a, a horrible trait where I put difficult things off and I tackle tons of easy things. And, um, I forgot the guy's name. Uh, he's a YouTuber, Ali Abdal Abdul. I'm not sure. His, I, I probably butchered his name, but he said something in a video. This is a while ago that really resonated with me. If there's something really, really difficult that you know that you have to accomplish, if you just set a timer for five minutes and start that task, even though you're you're only going to do it for five minutes, it'll change everything. Because the hardest thing is starting, and you and, and I've done that many times. I set a timer and I start doing it. And what happens is that five minutes elapses. I turn that timer off, and before I know it, I've already put thirty minutes or an hour into that hard project. And I realize that not only did I make a lot of progress, but it's not as difficult as it was because that hardest part is just starting. And, and when, when he said that, I was I, well. I honestly didn't think much about it, but I was like, oh, I'm going to try. I'll try anything once. So I was like, let me put this into action and it really does work. But that just kind of goes in line with the whole, the hardest part is just starting. So, um, yeah, every time there's something difficult that I'm procrastinating on, I do that five minute rule and it works.
0: In terms of like, maybe let's break this conversation down. Maybe not from beginner to pro we've covered just starting. And, And I think the natural question that people would have next is. How? how do I go how do I go about doing that? Um, and there are multiple ways obviously, and, and maybe take it from your experience of just starting out and, and what you did as the steps were. Right. I think that you know knowing what I know now, I think the most important
1: thing is to understand what you want to get out of it. you know because a professional photographer, the term professional photographer looks a million different ways and it looks different to a lot of different people and i think asking yourself what you want your version of professional photographer to look like is definitely something you want to try and answer sooner rather than later if you can but i would definitely say that probably one of the very first things you want to do or that i did is uh, the website you know i put a t- like when my days in the corporate world were starting to come to an end i could kind of feel that there was something sweeping that was about to change in my role And I already had a website. It was very clunky, but um, it was something I didn't put a whole lot of effort in. But I knew that I I, I felt that this big change was going to happen. And I knew that a website was going to be kind of my central hub if I wanted to try and make this transition to full time photography. And I put so much work in my website in the very, very beginning, you know, in in the months leading up to this, to my departure from uh, my corporate job but i really do feel that the a website kind of it's a it it really becomes your central hub because the funny thing about photography is that even though i have my photography business like my photography business is called marked any photography but i never actually say those words so when you when you become a full-time photographer your name kind of becomes your brand and that is really what you're building you're building your brand like David Johnston Mark Denny that's a brand and that's your business so your website really becomes that central hub where you distribute all of the information about you know what you're doing what you're selling or just information you're giving away to people for free just to kind of help them get started themselves so I would definitely say that putting a lot of effort in your website is is very important to do as fast as possible. And I am not a website developer. I'm actually not that computer literate, but uh, I use Squarespace and this is not a plug or anything, but I find it to be very, very easy to use. And, um, I still use it for them for my website. And I think I've gone through probably three different iterations of my website now, and I'm pretty proud of where it's at, to the, uh, at this moment, but it's something that I am constantly tweaking and changing. Uh, because it's it's like i said it's your you're kind of headquarters for your brand so it's very important
0: I, I think so too and i think getting your name out there with a website is is yeah. obviously essential um i remember and and we can play off like just start and just get it up uh you know 80% done is better than 100% perfect and never published so yeah. nobody can, sees the 20% exactly so yeah. you can create something that isn't perfect to your standards continue to tweak it if i remember back to my first website i had on there like th- this is like so embarrassing and, and vulnerable of me but it, <laughs> you know i had on there like everything i had portraits i had oh, yeah. like i was like hey i'm gonna be a wedding photographer you know what i'm gonna let's throw pets into the mix I'll, I'll do it all and i i went and the second i hit publish i went and turned the volume on on my phone and i was like no, phone call is going to be rolling in any second, man. And, uh, I, I can remember the first call I got from my website and it was to do like this dog photography session. And the whole thing was absolutely terrible. <laughs> um, like the whole experience, the photos were bad. I had no idea what I was doing, but that aside, um, it was all due to I just started and I put myself out there and I I took that first step to, to get my footprint on the web. And, and, you know, it, I want to ask you this though, if somebody maybe doesn't have the desire to go pro, like you said, you didn't really have the desire to go pro right off the bat, but you're putting up this website, this is your central hub. Uh, if somebody just wants to be like a good photographer, do you think they need to have a website on that? um
1: I I think it comes back to what they want out of it but even if you have no desire to to go pro I think a website is still a good way to just kind of put your your portfolio out there um but you know there's some photographers out there that I know that are are absolutely fantastic and they don't want they don't have any social media they don't have a website they don't want anyone looking at their photographs they don't care if anybody likes their photos they don't want anyone contacting them but that's what they want out of photography so it kind of all goes back to you know asking yourself you know what what do you really want out of it but for me personally I I I would still get uh, a website I I had a website before I had any uh inclination of going professional but um I'm trying to think why I even actually started the website to begin with. I think it was because I just felt in my mind that you had to have one. So I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to mess up the trend here. You got to have a website. I'll get a website. And, um, but it just kind of evolved into to what it is today.
0: And we are not sponsored by Squarespace, by the way. I feel like I have to say that since my life, <laughs> but I'm, I, I'm not against it. No. <laughs> what was that first website like for you?
1: um it was you know I kind of had the same story that you did like I was so excited to to hit publish and I spent um months agonizing over just the smallest little details and um and I and I hit publish and I was thinking I don't even know what I really thought was going to happen but I hit publish and nothing happened for days and weeks and months zero I don't even know if anyone even looked at the website and that's honestly the the biggest issue with creating a website is you can create the most amazing website on the web, but you have to find a way to drive traffic to it. And that's where social media really, really helps is that's a great way to drive traffic to your website and and YouTube helps to do that as well. But just creating a website, only half the battle. You have to get, a you have to figure out a way to get eyeballs on your site. And that's a lot of times that's the hardest part.
0: Hey, real quick, just a word from our sponsor, Nature Photographers Network. Right now, you can go on naturephotographers.network and sign up for a year membership for just $49 plus an extra 10% when you use the code LPS10. You heard in the intro how you can get so much access to your favorite photographers. I just want to share one story when I was on there. I I was giving some feedback to another photographer who has been on the podcast already who is just submitting an image. For critique, and I got on there and just started reading through all of the image critiques that he received positive, some constructive criticism, some feedback, and then positive again. It's amazing how much of an impact that just a simple critique of saying, Hey, awesome photo, here's what you could work on next time. But again, I just want to commend you on what a beautiful image this is. You wouldn't understand how that impacts a photographer and reading through all of the critiques from some of the photographers who have even been on this podcast time and time again so again you have access to all of that with nature photographers dot network four-year membership for 49 dollars plus an extra 10 percent when you use the code lps10 let's get back to our talk with mark it's difficult for sure um I I do think there are like some forgotten people when we talk about beginner to pro. Uh, And it's the the forgotten section that's in the middle that's not even mentioned in the title. And those are the intermediate photographers. Um, A lot of people talk about, you know, here's what you do when you take a camera out of the box. Here's how you set it up. Here's how you do the basic settings, basic composition and all that. It, if somebody knows all that, they've got composition down, they kind of just need some places to go shoot and, and practice and get better. What advice would you have for them to, to continue to improve their photography and work on it? I would say to try and
1: put yourself in the most uncomfortable positions as you possibly can because I, I'm a firm believer of the more comfortable you are in anything, the less likely you're going to grow. And I've seen this in my professional life. I've seen this in my personal life that in order to to really grow, you have to be uncomfortable. You have to put yourself in in situations where you don't know what the outcome is going to be. You don't know if you're going to succeed. You don't know if you're going to fail, but you're going to try. So I would say figure out what is different. What is something different that you can do? For me, was to focus on smaller scenes. That was a complete departure from what I used to do. And I was very uncomfortable doing it. I felt like I was wasting my time and this was ridiculous. But once I saw that one little, I'm holding up two fingers. When I Once when I saw that little bit of progress, that was enough. That's all I really need to, to kind of to, to get me hooked on that. But just thinking about how can I make myself uncomfortable today? I know it's a, a very odd thing to think about, but I think it's the path to growth in anything. And I think that For the, you know, the advanced or the intermediate photographer, that's one of the biggest, uh, I don't want to say issues, but it's one of the biggest obstacles is because you get good at doing one or two or three things. And you kind of stick with that. That's exactly what I did. I felt like I was okay at a few things and I just stuck there for for years. But when I started to kind of expand, put myself in uncomfortable situations, I felt that my photography really improved. And I also enjoyed photography even more because I felt like I wasn't just in this little box. I felt like there was more things I could do. So um, just you know, make yourself uncomfortable.
0: What is an uncomfortable situation for you?
1: Speaking in front of uh, large amounts of people. Not. I wasn't. I was going to
0: say besides doing like public speaking.
1: Yeah. So that the the public speaking is something I'm definitely getting better at. But um, I remember at the, my first Outsiders event, uh, you were a part of one of those, David, and uh, or both of those. And there were, you know, just quite a few people in the crowd. And it's um, you get up there on the main stage, and it's very, very nerve wracking. But I kept telling myself, Mark, this is kind of the, a part of of what you're trying to build. So you better embrace it and you know that you're gonna be uncomfortable doing it, but it's going to lead to progress. It's gonna to lead to you getting better at something. So I just, uh, I think embracing the uncomfortable factor of things really helps me to stay positive in situations that I, um, I mean, let's face it. Nobody likes doing things they don't think they're good at. And when people are bad at things, there's plenty of things I'm bad at. I usually don't like to do those things. So that's kind of the thing with public speaking. Everyone thinks they're bad at public speaking. Not everyone, but I'll, it's the biggest fear out there is public speaking, so most people shy away from it. But once you just kind of embrace it and understand that you will get better at it the more you do, I think it's just uh, it's a little bit addicting because you're, you're you're getting better and who doesn't want to get better at something?
0: In this four-year journey that you've been taking, getting better, working, going from beginner to pro, there are a lot of learning curves that come up, and they come in many shapes and forms. What was the biggest learning curve for you, and how did you overcome that? Um, the biggest learning curve
1: for me was probably my battle with perfection. Um, and it kind of goes with my my kind of compulsive uh, desire to – I put such unrealistic expectations on myself. I just did it again just a few hours before this call and that's been something i've really struggled with is um spending too much time on things that nobody is ever going to notice and i think it's really hard especially when you start your own business to to become obsessed with it almost and it really takes over your your entire life because you have a hard time um, you know deviating your thought track to anything outside of your business And I've seen this with uh, many other business owners that are completely um, void of photography. It's not just a photography thing, but that's the biggest thing that that uh, the biggest hurdle, you know, outside of just getting better at photography. I'm always trying to do that. That will never stop. But the biggest hurdle was really just between my my own ears, just trying to figure out exactly how to manage that uh level of perfectionism and and i've talked to quite a few photographers and they struggle with the same thing and i think a lot of it has to do with you know the post-processing or i should say the insane advancements in post-processing i mean you can sit there and noodle on a photo forever i mean there's a million things you can do to photographs now to where when you have so many abilities to do things you kind of get caught up in yourself a little bit to where, you know, is this too much shadow recovery? Is that too little? Is this too much contrast? Is it too much such? I mean, you, you can get sideways pretty fast looking at all these different things. So that's something that I've definitely been struggling with. And I feel like it's going to be something that I'll probably struggle with for a while, just knowing the way that my, my brain operates. That's been the biggest issue for me.
0: I can definitely echo that. And, expectations and and that learning curve of of sitting and going for perfection like i've caught myself zooming in like 400x on a photo and trying to clone stamp out the tiniest dust spot but when you zoom out to to like fit it to the screen you 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 can't even see it the the only reason you noticed it because it's because you were zoomed in in the first place yeah Um, because you have the
1: ability to do that but nobody sees that stuff
0: Exactly. Exactly. And I think the other hard part in perfectionism is complacency. And I think complacency leads to perfectionism um, because so many times along the journey, we get caught up in negative comments and we get caught up in positive comments. And I think the one, the fastest ticket to, to improving rapidly is to be happy with your photography. And and the question that comes back at that all the time is, well, how, how do I do that? And it's very simple, you know, one finger in this ear, the yeah. other finger in this ear. You're not listening to people who spread hate on your photography and you're not listening to people who spread love on your photography either. You're coming in there and you're knowing that you did the best you could and you're finding things yourself that you can improve on in the future and you're not letting other people dictate uh, what those changes could be over time. And, and I've had issues with, with listening to both sides of it, you know, and, and the positive feedback and the co- positive comments are the ones that put me into complacency more than others. and And I know, like, you probably get comments all the time on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, anything you're putting out that that can almost trick you into that at times. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. Some of my favorite photos that i'm I'm most proud of and you, you post on an Instagram and, and nobody likes it it gets half the engagement that uh, other photos do and and unfortunately we've uh, all kind of trapped ourselves in this mindset of the number of likes is directly correlated to the the quality of your image and um, it's it's easy to fall into that trap I know I definitely have but yeah when you, when you shoot for yourself I think that is definitely the most healthy, way to do it. And you shoot for your own improvement. That's kind of what I, I like to think about is, is this photo better than the photos I was taking last year? And for me, the answer is always yes. Like Mark Denny in 2023 is going to be a lot better than I am right now. And Mark Denny in 2024 is going to be better than 2023. And as long as you have your camera in your hand, you're going to get better every year, every year. The only way you're going to stagnate or regress is if you just stop taking photos. So I think that knowing that you're gonna get better no matter what, as long as you practice, I think that's pretty addicting. And I think that's uh, a, a very comforting thing just to know that all you gotta do is just kind of be in it to win it and just kind of keep going and you're gonna keep getting better.
0: Let's, let's wrap up with this and land the plane here. Um, when you are looking back at the last four years, uh, and you look at your improvements, your successes, and uh, how you've gone on this amazing ride in just a handful of years, it's, it's pretty crazy if you look back on it. Because um, I remember looking at you and, and seeing your YouTube videos. Uh, I was still living in Haiti at the time and seeing your videos pop up, and I was like, oh, this is Mark Denny guy. He's, he's pretty good at this. Uh, and then looking at that then and and seeing where you are now is is just insane to to see and i've had the pleasure of watching that unfold along the road um how much weight have you put on in-field photography versus post-processing and getting better at each one of those um i
1: think that that's a very 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 good question but i really think it's about 50 50. i really do mainly because i subscribe to the thought track that it's not all about the photo so some of my favorite photos i've ever taken are not necessarily my actual best work but they they evoke some type of uh, memory of what was going on in my life when i took that photo or I remember traveling to that destination, or I remember hiking in the dark to that location and being freaked out, or, or whatever it is. There's there's a story that leads up to all your photos. So, I think the photo isn't always the most important thing. It is the end result, you know. And I keep going like this, like I'm holding a photo, but like it is the quasi tangible item if you print it out. But I think that there's a lot more to it than just the, the actual, the, the actual photograph. There's a a journey that goes along with it. Um, what was the second part of your question? Keep going off on these
0: tangents. (laughs) Just how did you grow through that? And like, maybe what, what's the weight that you put on it right now? Yeah.
1: So I think that if you, if you, if you had to pick one or the other, I would probably say that getting it post-processing might be a little bit more important than infield but the problem with that is you're focused on the end result solely and I, I like I just mentioned that to me it's, it's just not all about that end results so I really think it's 50 50 you definitely have to understand how to use your camera you definitely have to put yourself in the best position to capture great photographs which means you have to be out there you have to know how to to compose a compelling and an interesting photograph uh there's a, a saying I have no clue who said this but how do you make the the ordinary look extraordinary. And that's something that I always think about. I'm always thinking about that. And I think that that's a really good thing to keep in your mind when you are looking for a composition is how do I make something that might look boring, like maybe just a river, how do you make it look extraordinary? And that's really gonna, that helps me to kind of get very unique with how I might compose a photograph, getting really low, moving behind a tree or, or, or whatever it is, getting in the water. but. I think that's super important, and obviously, post-processing is very, very, very important as well. So it, it, it's kind of tough to, to pick one over the other, but I, I would have to say I think they're both uh, equally important. Not very. I'm not very pleased with my answer there, David. I wish we could start that one over.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, let me let me rebuttal you on that. Um, yeah. Over the years, you know, I had the same kind of approach even just a couple of years ago when when I was working on my photography and we're always trying to get better, right? Like every, no matter who's listening, who's watching live, like we're all trying to get better. Um, And I I took this approach and I always told people even on workshops, you know, it's 50-50, 50% 50 in the field, 50% in post-processing. My approach recently and I talked about this with, with Adam Gibbs just a couple of weeks ago is now I looked at it as 80 in field and 20 in post-processing mm-hmm. and even getting into like maybe even 85, 15. And that is because I kind of feel like the longer that I've sat in the landscape, and been patient, and watched the light, and worked on the compositions, just tweaked tiny. Like we talked about, tweaking post processing and cloning stuff out, you tweaking the composition in the camera. I think is more important than that. Um, yeah. Sitting in the field and and waiting on that right moment has often yielded better quality photos that I'm a lot happier with. Now, maybe the viewer, if I were to show two side by side, they couldn't tell a huge difference, but as I see it and I experience taking the photo and having the the fun of photography, which is why we all do it in the first place, is the enjoyment of the process of tweaking things in the field using our camera. Um, So that's kind of the growth that I've gone from in the past couple of years to, to now. And the beauty of it is there's no right answer, right? Like everybody yeah. has everybody has their own workflow. Too. Yeah.
1: And it changes all the time too. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think from my experience, my best photos require the least amount of post-processing. And photos that I really like the composition or but there was just something off, the light wasn't that great. Then you kind of have to post process it with a little bit of a heavier hand. And they might still come out okay, but I think that uh, just in my experience, the, the best photos captured on location require the least amount of work behind the computer, which I think is always a good thing.
0: Let's let's do wrap up with this question because I do think it's kind of a fun one since we are live on YouTube at the moment. Uh, how much time, this is from Trey Forster, how much time do you spend weekly looking at photographic YouTubers and who are some of your favorites? I um, I would probably say I spend total time. I don't know, maybe two hours a, a
1: week. And, but what's interesting is that my favorite uh, are the channels that I watch the most often are not landscape photography channels are actually street photography channels. So guys like um, uh, Willem Furbeck, I think is his name or Evan Ramped from Atlanta or uh, Joe Allen is fantastic. I, I love those guys, but um, I've always had this kind of fascination with street photography and it's 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 I am not very good at it but I also have not really tried it a whole lot either but I am very fascinated by it I love the idea that I can walk outside of my door and I'm in a perfect location for street photography as opposed to landscape photographers you usually got to travel somewhere so I I think that's pretty cool but uh landscape photographer or I should say well they're both very heavy dependent on light but I love the way that street photographers, a lot of times will look for harsh light to create these very obvious shadows. And some of my favorite street photography images all have are all captured in very, very harsh light just to get those very uh, obvious shadows. So street photography channels are kind of my favorite.
0: That's a great answer. Well, Mark, I just wanna thank you so much for spending the time coming and doing this both live and recorded uh it's been fun to watch you over the years and and see how your journey progressed and see how your photography progressed as well so on behalf of everyone listening and watching live I just want to say congrats and, and oh, good on you. you and and um thank you for coming on the podcast again and, and sharing oh, your thoughts yeah anytime I appreciate the uh, the invite If you're someone who wants to make the jump from novice to pro, maybe beginner photographer to pro, I would definitely check out Mark's website, follow him, see how he does it. And just a th- one more thing, I- I've never talked about this on the podcast before, but there's a new course out called Landscape Photography University that actually takes you from taking your camera out of the box, knowing your settings, how to use composition, and how to start your own photography business all in one package. You can go to landscapephotographyuniversity.com and start exploring your journey today. I can't wait to see you guys in next week's episode.